Welcome to the Root of Power podcast, where I teach you how to chase your joy, find alignment, and create a life and a business that you love using actionable methods, interviews, and inspiring stories from people who know that true freedom is found within. I'm your host, your always hype woman and sometimes ass kicker, Amanda Chills, and I am so proud of you for choosing to step into your power. Come along, we've got dreams to build. Hello, hello, Root of Power fam. So we have got Corby Mitlide with us today, who is a woman who does many things. I love multi-passionate entrepreneurs. Like they are just so wonderful. And she is a lovely embodiment of multi-passionate, multi-talented. She will get into all the things that she does. And she is coming to us from... Upstate New York. Upstate New York. I hear the New York accent in you. Welcome, Corby. Good morning, dude. Good morning. It's great to be here. Yeah, it is. I'm so grateful that you're here. So if you will tell us who you are and maybe like the most fun thing that you're doing currently. Okay. Uh, Let's see. I'm trying to think of the 30-second elevator speech. (laughs) I have been... Certified tarot master, past life specialist, psychic medium, channel, author, inspirational speaker, yeah, all that. Um, I am your straight no chaser reader. There is no fluffy bunny at my table. It's here are your opportunities. You've got to grab it. Here's the tough stuff. Here's how I get through it or around it. Here is your toolbox. Go yeah. rock and roll. Um, I work six days a week, 14 hours a day. I read about a thousand people a year and I get to get up in the morning. I don't have to get up in the morning. So dope. That's key. I love that. I tell everyone the only thing you have to do in this life is die. Everything else is a choice. <laughs> yes, pretty Everything much. To choose. Wow. So you, I assume you love what you do. <coughs> Very much. How did Very we much. maybe walk fall into that? Like, did you know as a kid that you had these gifts? Was your family um in that world were they accepting not accepting were they like oh no (laughs) what happened um when i was nine i read a book called the witch family by eleanor estes and instead of thinking "Ooh, that's scary or ha 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 i thought whoa magic in the world i want to go find it (laughs) i want to be a well not quite but i knew there was stuff out there meanwhile everybody in my family was medical dad was a doctor mom was a nurse my brother is a doctor i could have stood on the table at dinner and recited Shakespeare and they wouldn't have seen me. I was an actress. I was a writer. I was a rebel. Hmm. So I was always considered the family failure. Uh, Left Brown University after two years. Um, At that point in the seventies, it was, everything was pass fail. You took your eight courses in your major and then you could do Swedish and basket weaving. And for someone like me who needed structure, yeah. You know, um, imagine a six-month-old golden retriever puppy with no <laughs> leash. Um, it was absolutely the wrong school for me to, yeah. uh, to be in. So I left trying to find joy and purpose. And mm-hmm. after that, because I grew up in a very dysfunctional family, my mother was an alcoholic, cross-addicted, barbiturates, emotionally abusive, etc. Um, I took wrong turns for years. Um, job after job after job. Um, two very short marriages, which ended in divorce, poverty, rape, abuse, you name it. Finally met the right guy uh, in 2000. We're hitting our 20th anniversary this year. Congrats. Uh, also had to do the cancer dance three times. So it mm-hmm. has not been easy. At the same time, in the early 90s, I could do hands-on healing and talk to dead people with no training. That's when I knew that my I was being called to service because I started mm-hmm. reading tarot when I was 18, you know, yeah. 1973 Spencer gifts, the James Bond 007 tarot deck. And I bought it. Yeah. Um, I did it part-time doing the outside career actress, author, inspirational speaker, legal assistant, video producer, executive recruiter, writer for a graphic novel series called whatever. Digitals. Wow. Right. But always the psychic work on the side until 9-11. As we watched the towers burn, I turned mm-hmm. to Carl and I said, I need to do this work full time. Mm-hmm. People need to know there are other answers out there. And he said, I believe in you, go do it. It's what's inside my oh. wedding ring. We so that. for a year, 
I still worked 70 hours a week for a woman who threw files at my head when she didn't like what I told her and always found an excuse not to pay me my commissions. Quality boss. And, <laughs> well, you know, she is what she is. Uh, yeah. She's a multimillionaire yeah. and you don't get to be a multimillionaire being nice. Um, <laughs> after a year doing it evenings and weekends when I knew that I could make a living at it, I slammed the door on corporate and I have never looked back. Yeah. I cannot. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> so I love yeah. that I've been there forever. Um, and I know a lot of people kind of get into like apprenticeship type things with this. Have you worked with mentors? Do you have a like community that you have found? Well, I kind of create my own community. Um, I had a short mentorship for mediumship. Mm -hmm. And if I had a spiritual mentor, if you will, not teaching me the skills, but philosophy on the world, that was Wendy Peeney, who is the uh, artist and writer with her husband of ElfQuest, which is a legendary graphic novel series. It's been around for 40 some years. It's won every award in the book. Millions of people all over the world read wow. it. Um, at this point, all of my work is based on what have I gone through myself. Yeah. Uh, also, being one of the four major channels for Robert Schwartz in his book on pre-birth planning, your soul's plan, your soul's gift, your soul's love, has given me a real idea of what I'm good at. Because the thing mm -hmm. is, when spirit gives you your draft notice it goes rifling in your file cabinet to see what's got yeah with me theater major so i understand character arcs words are my drug of choice so mm -hmm. i can tell stories and i have been interested in history since i was a wee thing in single digits so that's why past lives are easy for me because mm -hmm. i can pinpoint them and bring down the details i was on circuit which is you know the psychic fairs Mm -hmm. all across New York, down the East Coast, into Canada for 18 years. Wow. 45 weekends a year on the road, 45,000 miles. My nickname was the Travel Channel. <laughs> but Spirit decided I was done in 2019. Herniated disc, pinched nerve, mm. makes having triplets look like a tea party in terms of pain. <laughs> After I got better, the doctor said, well, your career is toast. You're not going to be doing the 10-hour drives anymore, and you can't load in and load out. Yeah. I scrambled to put my business completely online, but that was the universe having yeah. my back because that was fall of 2019. What happened in March of 2020 oh, the wow. advent of the years of Murder Hornet bingo and hold my beer. Right. If I had still been on circuit, I would have bankrupted. My business has been good yeah. and better since then. Good for you. I don't know about you, but I have found that for me, building a business in person has been, so I'm a therapist. That's what I do full time. And then I create like the wellness courses and I do the podcast um, and things like that. So creating the therapy practice for me, I was just like, well, this is so easy. And then I started to go online and I was like, ah. <laughs> yes. and it's such a different beast. It can be. Yes. It's just so um, with therapy, mm -hmm. I can understand where people really want to be there with you. With psychic work, we do it over the phone. We do yeah. it over Zoom. I have clients all over the world. And when people say, so cool. but don't you have to be with me? I look at them and yeah. say, if I had to be with you, how do you know I'm not reading your body language? And they go, oh, yeah. <laughs> Energy's energy. That is, oh, I love that. So are you... Someone, so I imagine your work has a lot to do with boundaries as well, because you have to be able, not maybe the word isn't turn it off, but filter it out, right? Like if you're existing in a public space, you can't just be like bombarded. You can't function like that, right? So like, will you walk us through your journey with boundaries? Because I imagine when you're a young kid and you you start experiencing that, you mm -hmm. don't know boundaries. You don't know how to turn it off. Like you don't know how to filter what you need to filter or um send what you need to send. Yeah. So what has been your journey with like learning to set those boundaries, learning to filter it out? Like if you have a nudge to be like, oh, yes, 
yes. Okay. Like I hear you, but like, this is not the right time. Walk I have the deal with yeah. my guides. Okay. That when I started to do this work in the 90s, I said, here we go. I will have an open and a closed sign. I am not someone who will walk by you on the street and get a hit and say, I have to go to tell, tell this person yeah. this. That's a drive-by psychic shooting. <laughs> you know, people see the Long Island medium walk up to a woman who's messing with cantaloupes at Wegmans yeah. and saying, excuse me, your Aunt Dora says you've got a bull tire in the back and you're going to die in an accident if you don't get it fixed in two weeks. Just telling you and walks away. That does not happen. Yeah. Because, number one, all of her PR people go out and look at all the Wegmans in Long Island. And then they interview people, do you want to be on the show, and have them sign model releases. And right. then it's rehearsing six times. Right. But the thing is, people assume, you know, other psychics who don't really know, assume you're allowed to do that, which is why people get scared. Mm. You know, they do the same thing with healing work. And I've experienced this myself at fairs. You know, fine, I've been reading for hours. And so I'm like this and I've got a headache and a neckache. Well, a little dancing raccoon comes up to me and goes, I'm a Reiki master. I can help you. And the hands go up like this. And I say, excuse me, but no, thank you. I'm very picky about whose energy I use. And then she yeah. goes, no, really, I can't. And she comes at you like this. And I have to go back off. And she yeah. Says, you're not very love and light, are you? Well, you don't listen very well, do you? Right. Like um, that's part of being the New York psychic. You know, <laughs> do not yeah. mess with me. Yeah. I I love New Yorkers energy. I tell people all the time, so like sometimes, and maybe you see this in like the that community, mm-hmm. the healing community, where like not everybody's ready for your insight. And just because you have it doesn't mean it's kind to give it. So sometimes I'll have people right. who like you know, go through therapy and I'm extremely education based. So I'm not just like, like we're teaching along the way, right. As you should be. Um, so they'll say like, you know, my, well, they'll start to recognize people in their life will do things because it's a trauma response because you know, whatever, whatever. And they'll be like, well, I'm going to tell him. And I'm like, no, no, you can't. just because you have this insight right. doesn't mean it's helpful. doesn't mean they're ready for it. Like you may do more damage opening up a wound that you don't know how to close. That's not kind. You're not helping them. So then they have that conversation and it's helpful. But I imagine you run into that with new people and experienced people, excited yeah. people all the time. The most you can do is ask them a gentle question to let them look at it. A lot of. Sure. What I do, you know, part of it is psychological, how we work. Mm-hmm. And I learned some really wonderful stuff from a place called the Option Institute that was very active in Massachusetts for 40 years. At this point, the um, founders are 80. And so it's kind of shutting down effectively. Mm-hmm. But the three questions are, what are you X about? Why are you X about that? And the question we never ask ourselves what do you think would happen if we were X, weren't X about that? Okay. Yeah. Um, and the other thing to teach him is how to be a happy Martian detective. A happy what? Yeah. Martian detective. Martian. Okay, Martian detective. Here's the example. You were sitting across from me and you had water coming out of your eyes. I might say, why are you crying? But I could be wrong. Little Blee Blop from Mars has been told, go and observe humanity. He's all excited. He's never been to Earth. And he comes toddling up to you and he goes, why is there water coming from your eyes? But he might get a better answer because maybe your contact lenses are bugging you or maybe you have allergies or maybe there's an emotional basis. How funny. When we ask without judgment, Mm -hmm. all the answers open up and there's a story I tell that is a brilliant example. Guy was married with a little girl. He was in a terrible car accident. They fixed him, but his face kind of looked like spin art. He was terribly embarrassed, kind of walked around like Quasimodo and hunchback, but mm-hmm. he was still married with a kid. So one night he was putting his daughter to bed. She takes his face, smushes it next to hers and goes, this would be a great picture, but it would be better if mommy's face were in the picture. Now, mm-hmm. old him would have said, even my daughter thinks I'm hideous, you know, permanent PTSD. But instead, he was the Martian detective and just said, why would it be a better picture if mommy's face were in the picture? Yeah. And she looks at him and goes, because you take better pictures than mommy does. She can't hold the camera still. 
<laughs> one question avoids decades of my pain. Yeah. Wow. Questions are magic. Aren't they though? Mm -hmm. oh, they just are. What an interesting healing modality you have. Because it's similar work, right? People come searching for answers. Mm -hmm. And in like, I don't know how long your sessions are, or how long, how long do people tend to work with you? Do they tend to come back? They can go, um, they can. I don't mind if they don't. If I do yeah. and I work them one, that's fine. Um, when I do general sessions, mm -hmm. be 15 minutes, half an hour, an hour, depending on what they need, but I'm fast. Mm -hmm. I always tell people, get a little less time than you need. You'll see. Um, then we do consultations, which are longer. But the most important thing that I teach people is you've got free will. Mm -hmm. I do not tell you what to do. I show you what your options are. Yes. It is so empowering. Mm -hmm. So empowering. People should not be telling you what to do because then you are reliant on them. Like. We're not gurus. We are teachers. Oh, that's right. I love that. Um, sometimes, though, they don't like what you tell them. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I, I used to go up to Kitchener three times a year. That's up in uh, Ontario. Yeah. And I saw some tough stuff for a woman. And she gets up from my booth, says, you suck, and walks away. Yeah, fine. Next time I'm back, who's the first person in my seat? Uh -huh. He says, last time I said you sucked. I said, yes, I remember. <laughs> because you told me that I'd probably want to take in a border and then I might want to sell my house. And I thought that was all bull. But my daughter mm -hmm. got pregnant and moved home. And now I'm going to sell my house to help raise my grandson. And I still don't like you, but I want to know what else you said. Don't shoot <laughs> the messenger, man. <laughs> you don't have to like me. No. But it's that kind of she can choose how to deal with that information. Yeah. And the thing I remind people, even the best of us are only 85% accurate. The only one who is 100% accurate is God. And God doesn't have a booth at the psychic fair this week. <laughs> Look, I, I should have warned you. Yes, I'm funny. You're funny. I've done stand-up stand comedy on You Think a Psychic's Life. That is hilarious. So. And God doesn't have a booth at the psychic fair this week. Oh. What does your husband do? Carl is now retired. He is a oh. professional historian. Oh, no, I'm 67. Shocker. He's 69. Um, <laughs> you and do for, for 23 years, he was director of the Old Stone Fort Museum here in Skullharry County, New York. It's an eight building revolutionary war site. Uh, now he divides his time between the old Rhinebeck Aerodrome, which is a wonderful flying museum in the Hudson Valley area, and touring as a professional. 18th century musician. What do I mean by professional? What? He doesn't just hang out. He goes, he teaches. Uh, last weekend, he was at uh, Fort Niagara out in Western New York. Uh, and he oh, no. Teacher and demonstrates. Huh. Um, he and I have a great deal of mutual respect in that he deals with verifiable historical fact ideal in wiki woo but we know how good we are yeah you know he he the, the funniest thing when we first got together i did do a numerology compatibility with the two of us and the I first five minutes was this is bull it doesn't work but then there's silence yeah and then he comes out into the living room holding it like a dead rat he says i don't like this this is too accurate <laughs> That's so funny. So there may be some people who listen to this episode and they're like, mm -hmm. this is woo-woo nonsense, mm -hmm. as people do. Mm -hmm. But I can also imagine some people may be somewhat interested, but they've had a lot of conditioning around this type of work and these type of subjects. So for someone Absolutely. who's like, oh, I think it's nonsense, but I'm going to listen to this episode. Where do people, because there's, you know, the good thing about the internet is there's a ton of information and the bad thing about the yep. internet is there's a ton of information. So yep. if someone is intrigued by this mm -hmm. and they want to start um, looking into past life regressions or what tarot does or energy readings, like where do people go? How do you even start? Well, um, 
there is a lot of stuff on the internet. You have to be judicious in what you look at. You do not want to look at a psychic that says my aura don't stink. And I'm hundred percent accurate, please. Um, the way I work is I will show you options. For instance, sure. if you said to me, I want to open up a vintage clothing store, I would not flip a few cards and say, wait until October and fire the second redhead. What the hell? <laughs> it would be a card for you, a card for the energy around the business, the brick and mortar location, how to market it, clients, competition, staff, finances, what you need to know and best possible outcome. Why can I do that? Because I was an executive recruiter. I canceled people in careers for years. There is no reason why I can't use part of my left brain and, and part of my intuitive to give you enough information to, to rock what okay. you want to do. I also teach people never ask yes or no questions. Mm. Number one, if you want it to be yes and I say no, where are you going to go? Also, that sets you up for the fake gypsies. Mm. I know you want to start a business, but you have a block. Now, I have a magic candle for $600. That clears everything. <laughs> so you always ask the empowering, how do I? Yeah. Where can I? Well, because everything is also, it depends. So I have people ask me yes or no, or they'll ask me... <laughs> I have a client the other day who said, what do you know about PTSD? And I was like, I need you to be a little more specific. Like, what information are you looking for? And then they gave me the story on why they're asking what's happening. And I was like, okay, now I have something to go on. But like, I, I need you to give me some context. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, because it can be, well, you you would be a good person to ask. Like, when you are maybe indecisive and you make a decision, the energy shifts, right? Or like right. today right. versus next week, if something happens, the energy shifts. So what may be yes. a yes now is not a yes in three months because everything is, it depends. And just because we like are climbing the mountain, we're going to get to the peak doesn't mean we're taking this specific trail. There's a thousand ways to climb a mountain. So it's like, am I going to open right. a business? Yes, but that may be five, 10, 15, 20 years, three months, one month. Like, it's not clear enough. Also, um, that's the whole thing with pre-birth planning versus free will. Um, oh, yes. Talk we, about all that. Come, we all come in with things we want to learn. Fascinating. In my case, um, and this is, you know, again, wiki will, whether you believe in reincarnation or not. Mine was when this soul comes in, it very often comes in male, about 80% male, 20% of my lives have been female. Huh. Uh, and I came in this time to really learn to value being in a female body, to learn that a female is worth more than her body, et cetera, et cetera. Oh. Now, that was my pre-birth plan, like mm -hmm. deciding I'm going to be a, a physics major. Now, you can be a physics major and you can graduate by taking gut courses or doing double major plus lab. That's your free will. Hmm. Either way, you're going to get your physics degree. Yeah. So there was an incident with my abusive mother at 16 that made my decision. We do not need to go into the details. I turned my back on the gut courses and did a life of double major plus lab, which is why I had all of the problems that I did. Hmm. But including the three bouts of breast cancer and in 2004, second primary, but it was three strikes, you're out double mastectomy, ovaries out. I went from a Dolly Parton figure to a fat fire plug with permanent side effects. So you're more than your body. Yes. Fascinating. Basically, notice it was the second primary because- What does that my mean? Re well, primary is, this is the first time it's there. It's not metastatic. Oh, okay. It? okay. okay. Um, so your danger clock gets turned back to zero. Also, it was T1N0, which means- first stage, no node involvement, about as safe as you're going to get. But the reason I did it is because my read is, my guide said, you have a lot of work to do down there. And if you can't get past this, we're going to remove the problem. Now, it's been 18 years. If you look at me, you would never know what I used to look like. I look hmm. completely normal. I've adjusted completely normally. It's nice to look normal. Mm -hmm. Instead of guys never looked above the neck or below the waist. Yeah. So yeah. I will graduate with that understanding in this lifetime, but yeah. it took double major plus lab to do it. 
Now, you can advise people, but if that's where they have to go, that's where they have to go. You can't stop them. Right. And that, again, we come back to boundaries and like not... And I think anyone who gets into healing work has a little bit of, I want to save the world, right? But we can't do that by disempowering people or by teaching them to be helpless or by giving them answers. That's right. And that, right. Um, so I recently became a supervisor for therapists. Mm-hmm. So like the little baby therapists come out, I can supervise them, which mm-hmm. for people that don't know, that's how it works. The so, rookies. The, the little rookies. I call them babies. The little babies. Even though they're like 25. I'm like, whatever, you're a baby. Um, and it takes, for us, it takes two years to go through the full supervision process. I don't know if like mediumship has a similar, I know it's not necessarily regulated like therapy mm-hmm. is, but no. there, when you have um, a field with the opportunity to grift, grifters come, right? Like they're Preach. in every field. So that is one of the reasons discernment and like educators to say, hey, like, here's what you need to look for. If you don't want to work with me, and it sounds like you're pretty similar. If you don't want to work with me, like, okay, that's fine. You don't have to. But here's what you need to look for in the people that you are paying to help you. Yes. Yeah. Um, That those are the first two chapters in my book, The Psychic Yellow Brick Road. How to find the real wizards and avoid the flying monkeys. Wait, wait. Oh my God, that here is. it is. You are brilliant. Um, I'm going to give that to my mom. She would love that book. The whole thing, this was written that is based on something that happened about 15, 16 years ago. Again, all my good stories are Canada. Massive 250 booth show in Toronto, yeah. at Queen Elizabeth Center. Oh, and, cool. you know, the promoters are good, but they can't bet everybody. Right. So across from us was the fake gypsy. Mm. You know, they're the ones that the long skirt and the jingling jewelry and the bad accent. So people were walking down the aisle and there was this one woman who was walking and the fake gypsy runs out and grabs her and says, you don't need to pay 30, 40, $50. I read your palm for 10. Come. Now this is called hooking in parlance and it's as bad as the other kind of hooking. 20 minutes later, we see this woman leave the fake gypsies booth crying hysterically. Oh, God. And a lot of us run over and say, what happened? What happened? Gypsy said, oh, you have a family curse. How many in your family? Four? You have dog? $50 every family member, 25 for dog. He's small. We fix. Told the woman if she didn't burn 400 specially blessed candles at the Roman Catholic Church, I'd list real good. Only $1 candle. Her entire family was going to die in a car accident in two weeks. And she bought it. That's when I started teaching the courses that I call Psychics 101, the good, the oh bad, the Cleos, Psychics 102, how to have a great psychic experience. Because since there is no better business bureau for psychics, the grifters can come in. But that is why people are scared of us. That's right. why the evangelicals think we're evil. It's not that. It's the best of us. Yes, we have abilities, but yes, there is psychology. Yeah. There is service, there is compassion, and there is listening. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same in the coaching realm. Like I see, so like, and in the therapist realm too, I know a lot of very bad therapists who do mm -hmm. harm and a Mm -hmm. lot of very bad coaches who do harm. And it's Mm -hmm. like, again, any, any profession where the opportunity exists for a power imbalance Mm-hmm. People who want power want to gr- grifter's going to grift. Like they're just going to yes. find the path of least resistance to do it. So, yes. what should like? What are some red flags that All people right. can judge? Like this is not carnival, go play. It's we should we should avoid at all costs. All right, no psychic should ever tell you that you're cursed, that you have bad luck, your life is so screwed up. Only the psychic can help you. Hmm. No psychic should ever say well, you know, your family jewelry or your house or your money is cursed. So I need to hold on to your stock portfolio, the jewelry from the family. Oh, people will do that. And look, you may know me for 15 years, but do you know my cleaning lady? Do you know the people we have for dinner? Trust me, we can bless it from a distance. Um, No psychic should ever make moves on you. That is sexual predation. Right. No psychic should ever tell you that because you knew them in a past life, you owe them, blah, blah, blah. Um, How let's crazy. Take, 
let's say you're going to a psychic fair and you don't know any of us from Adam's house cat. What do you do? Well, I tell people you have to learn to be a good puppy. First, you do your walkies. You're going to walk around the booth and you're going to see everybody. You don't talk to us. Just look and see the energy. <laughs> then you have to get paper trained. You're going to go and you're going to pick up rack cards, brochures, whatever, and read through them. You're going to have probably three or four people. Yeah, maybe I want to go to them. Go back to our booths. Talk to our front people if we're busy. But remember, we hire our front people to say they love us. Who was my very first front person? But the fabulous Laura Spickerman, who was my husband's office manager Monday through Friday. Do you think she's going to dismiss his museum director? Probably not. All right. <laughs> what you want to do is you want to look on the tables. We all have testimonial books. These are written comments by people that have had readings. Go through. Are we funny? Are we kind? Do we listen? Are we accurate? Do we have specialty? Children's dogs, dead people. Would they come back? But the last thing is, I'm telling you, check in at your heart. Mm. If the psychic doesn't feel like they have a brain in their head, they really give a damn about what they're doing, or they're going to give you good information, don't go there no matter how cool the wiki woo looks on the table. Yeah. And if nobody rings your chimes, leave without a reading. There will be somebody else at another time when it's right. Yeah. I love that your ultimate litmus test is, does it feel good? I spend so much time teaching people how to tune in to their body. And I'm like, if it feels like your soul shrivels up into your body, it's a hard pass. Mm -hmm. Like if you're having to do all sorts of mental gymnastics to justify a decision, it's probably the wrong decision for you. That's right. And if you're not comfortable with us, your shields are going to be up and tight. It will be tougher to read you. Yeah. You know? Um, we want you, your shields lowered so that we can yeah. read your energy correctly. And when you trust us, you'll be more apt to not only listen to the information, but mm -hmm. ask questions about it. Because the best sessions I find are dialogues. Yeah. You don't, you know, don't sit with me and just fold your arms and go, well, you know, you're not supposed to tell the psychic anything. So that, read it. That's like trying to climb Everest in sneakers, guys. There's no grip. <laughs> Now, that doesn't mean I, I won't read a, site, uh, a skeptic. I love <clears throat> skeptics. Yeah. Because then when you get a zing, it's a real zing. Mm. But um, the other and thing is- And it's just like a challenge. But people have to realize we are not a commodity like a burger, a latte, or a car wash. I have had people come up to me and say, well, tell me something you couldn't know about me. And if you're right, I'll have a reading. And I look at them and smile and I say, I'm sorry. I don't roll over and fetch either. And I turn my back and they're not allowed in the booth. Yeah. Or there was one point where I was eating lunch and a guy leans over and taps my sandwich and goes, you don't need to eat right now. My, my wife needs a reading. And my front person stepped in front and just explained that is not happening. And that with that kind of attitude, we did not want to read them. Thank you. Yeah. Bitch, you about to get a New York right hook. <laughs> And no, because my friend person there was, was a Canadian, so she knew how to be polite to the oh, Canadian. Um, <laughs> but because people don't understand what we do, yeah. when people have fear, they hit out. Mm. When people want to make sure they feel superior, they hit out. Right. It, it's like, and I know that sometimes this can happen with people in the counseling business. They try and see if they can get a bargain. Mm. Well, you're not doing anything right now. Why don't you read me for half price? Or can me and my friend come in and have just, you know, we just pay for one reading or, no. well, you know, do a lot of readings for me. And if you're good, I'll tell everyone that you're good. Or <laughs> they stand in front. Well, I really want a reading. And they stare at you, daring you not to give them a reading. And my favorite, yeah. what do you mean you won't read me for free? That's God's gift. You're not very spiritual. Well, yes. Celtic you oracles used so to read great. you for free because you'd bring them a chicken. <laughs> or a bunch of firewood. You don't right. do that now. And when I flip it and I put a normal business in each of those questions, yeah. hairdresser, plumber, right. cleaning lady, everybody goes, oh, I'd never do that. Well, then don't do it to me. Right. That's that's the boundary. We right. intuitives must stand our ground. We deserve to get paid if we are at all yeah. reasonably accurate, professional. Mm -hmm. Well, you're doing a job. Exactly. Like you're still exactly. doing a job. Listen, your word of mouth ain't paying my bills, boo. 
That's right. You know, I explain to people when I do a four day show, booth fee is about a thousand dollars. I'm on the road for five days. That's yeah. you know, hotels, etc. Food, yeah. gas, tolls, and paying my fun person. No, I can't do it for free. Right. It costs me to be here. Yes. That's bananas. Because you'd think if they were at a show, mm-hmm. the whole point is to get a reading. So that's really interesting to me that people who like purposely go out of their way to go to a show would then react like that. People have their reasons. They really do. Yeah. Um, part of it is fear. Part of it is, I, you know, I want to make sure you're real and not, but want to make sure you're real push, push, push is like people who want a relationship, but push, push, mm-hmm. push. You know, I, the, right. the 30 second example of a lot of women's life. Oh God, nobody loves me. He's paying attention to me, but he's such a loser. Maybe I'm a loser too. Push, push, push. I'm so alone. Yeah. What <laughs> they do. Come yeah. I think a lot of people attitude. block themselves from happiness. I was just talking to a client about this last night. They were like, I am getting into a new relationship and I'm fucking it up. (laughs) Why am I fucking it up? I really like him. And I said, well, there's your answer. It's because you really like him. And they're like, what? And I'm like, we're all terrified to be happy. All of us. Like, welcome to humanity. We're weird little gremlins who make no sense. (laughs) Like, we're just an electric meat suit with gremlins running our brains. Like, I always remember men in black. Yeah, yeah. I, when I'm trying to explain the idea of the soul versus the incarnation, I remind mm-hmm. them of when they push the button by the guy's ears and it flipped open and the yeah. little dude was on the inside. Oh, right. That's us. That's our soul. And it's running and, the meat And suit. that's consistent throughout our lives. Yes. Yes. Fascinating. Do you always no. come back as a person? I think you do. I know that some people believe, you know, everyone says, I want to come back as my cat. But no. Um <laughs> So cats always come back as cats? I think they do. I know oh. mine did. Um, That's cool. Yeah, Are they always great. our cats? Well, anyone not. who's been my cat is stupid if they don't come back as my cat again. <laughs> trust me. Um, I feel about my farm animals. <laughs> but no, do we, are there other planets? I'm sure that, you know, other planets, whatever. Remember, we are a dust pixel in the galaxy. Yeah, used to say that this is the only place we learn. Yeah. Um, so maybe on planet Mapufi, you come in as a centipede because that's the dominant life form on yeah. Mapufi. You don't know. Um, but when people who are Bible thumpers come to me and go, well, God says we only live once. I go, yes, you're right too. And this is why. The soul is what comes back time and time and time again. Amanda, Corby, we're one and done. This particular recipe will never happen again. Hmm. And the way I show them that is I take the example of the actor Matt Smith. Now, Matt yeah. was the 11th doctor on Doctor Who. He was my doctor with a bow tie and the two short pants and the crazy oh, best friend. But when he was done, he hung up the doctor suit in the closet and turned right around and became Prince Philip in the cramp, a totally different person. Yeah. Matt Smith is like your soul. The doctor and the prince are incarnations. When people see that, they get it. Yeah. So when Ooh. I am reaching your dead Aunt Mabel, what she's going to come down, she may put on the Aunt Mabel suit for you. She's yeah. in her full soul self and is left behind all of the problem stuff. Let's use my father as an example. Dad was my best friend. Uh, we even shared a birthday. He was yeah. a brilliant, brilliant doctor. If I'm doing something, you know, reading somebody medically, especially if it's cardiac, he'll come in. What do I get? He still comes in with his terrible ability to pun, his deep (laughs) compassion, his incisive medical training. What has he completely left behind permanently? His depression, his anxiety, and his hypochondria. There is no need for that in heaven. None. Mm -hmm. And so that has completely dissolved. That is in the closet forever. What I get when he comes down are all of the wonderful things that made him the beloved father and doctor that he was because that's the true soul shining through. Yeah. Hmm. 
she's thinking. That's like comforting. Well, so I'm, I'm debating asking this question because I ask, I don't know if I want to ask it, but do you, well, I'll caveat it and then we'll ask it. Obviously mental illness exists, right? Not Mm -hmm. denying it. It is, it can be debilitating. It it ran in my family and through. So I don't want to downplay mental illness. Um, But I wonder if in this view, if mental illness is something we go through to learn a lesson that we have to learn now, or if it can be viewed as that. And I don't want that to sound minimizing. I don't want it to sound like invalidating. But I think it's worth asking if we're having this conversation about like life lessons and what we leave with and what is our true essence. Like, All uh, right. We have two normal feet. Why would someone come in with a club foot? Um, We learn through these things, Mm -hmm. you know, and that brings up the idea of karma, bad and good versus what Robert Schwartz and we, his channels understand as karma is actually five things. Unbalanced energy, which is a neutral healing service, contrast and healing of beliefs. So in that case, maybe the mental illness helps heal one of those things. Or it is a sign that you're, it's that double major plus lab thing. Yeah. Um, let's take the example of Ryan White. He was the kid that got AIDS from a blood transfusion in the late 80s. And this is before really people knew much about AIDS. So he was a pariah. People wouldn't let him in school. People, you know, were cruel sure. to his family. And if you just think about bad and good, it's, oh, he must have been terrible. Look at that bad karma. But let's look at his life. Yeah. At that point, he became friends with Elton John, who was drinking and drugging and, you know, driving himself into an early grave. But he was so moved by Ryan and his family, he became very close. When Ryan died, he played at Ryan's funeral. Ryan inspired him to get clean and sober, which he has been for over 30 years. And he started the Elton John AIDS Foundation, which has raised over half a billion dollars for HIV and AIDS research worldwide. You see that all of that was triggered by the friendship with Ryan White. Yeah. And my understanding is Ryan White's soul said, all right, tough incarnation, short short incarnation, but look what can come out of it. So his karma was karma of service, not bad person. I think a lot of people get karma wrong. They do. Because we love to simplify things. Again, little gremlin brain is like good or bad, black or white, da-da-da. That's right. Huh. Interesting. But God, however you see God, Christian, Jewish, Buddhist, Muslim, Ralph, the wonder dog, I don't care, (laughs) is so beyond our comprehension. Mm. Why would he behave like he, she, it, behave like a third grader who goes, you didn't give me your bologna sandwich. You're bad. Boom. Lightning. Right. Right. There is nothing but compassion. We're the ones who make things difficult for ourselves. (laughs) That is so true. We really do make things difficult for ourselves. I look at clients Mm -hmm. all the time and I'm just like, you made that up. (laughs) And you decided it was true. And now it's making your life difficult. Why are we doing this? I'm like, if you stick your hand on a hot iron once, legit, you didn't know or somebody told you you didn't believe them. But to stick your hand on it and keep it there and be like, oh, my God, my hand is burning so much. But it has to be on this iron because I decided it has to. And it's like, take your hand off the damn iron. It's also conditioning. It's also conditioning. Um, you know, very often women in their 40s and 50s will come to me, empty nest syndrome. I just got divorced. Say, well, what do you want? I don't know. And they mean it. Yeah. And this is why, at least for my generation, you're four. There's a plate of cookies. You're a smart four-year-old. You know there's more cookie in the big one than the little one. So you reach for that. Your mother goes, bad, and you're selfish. So you're not even going to get a cookie. And she gives it to your little brother who eats it at you. And then she compounds it with saying, besides, girls who eat cookies get fat. Nobody likes a fat girl. Do you really want the cookie? We are emotionally bludgeoned to the point where when we're seven, women are subliminally know if we want anything we're wrong we're bad we'll be punished and we have to watch somebody else and selfish is the worst thing you can be yes 
And so that's why they they have emotionally been shackled. Mm-hmm. That's where the, what do you think would happen if you stopped believing X really yeah. comes in as the key to the lock. Yeah. Because then it opens up possibilities. It's not even like, do you think you can stop believing X? Because most people are like, well, no. And it's like, well, actually you can. But it gets around their like unconfidence, disconfidence. My talk is making Hi, so wolflet. <laughs> what kind of a wolflet do you have? Um, she's a pit mix. <gasps> a pity. A pity. I love she pity. Can be, she can be on camera if she wants to. She can be on camera. Bubba, what are you yeah. doing? Come here. I'm taking a nap. Oh, but do not disturb Nappy's mommy. She's got her little paws on over her nose. Like, I can't just die. Why are you so cute? I've, I've got the cat version. I've got a 27-pound Maine Coon. I love Maine Coons. They look like yeah, four gods. I know. He's the size of a beagle. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, he he's that's why his nickname yeah. for the house is High Commander. But anyway, <laughs> back to back to two layers here. Yeah. Um, if we show people that their free will is truly theirs, hmm. they can't get it wrong. That, <sighs> that your beliefs, that. everybody, we believe what we believe hmm. because all we want is to be happy, hmm. and that's why we do what we do. Change your beliefs and you can change your circumstances. Questions questions are not so much signs of doubt as the ability to crystallize what we know. That's a Barry Neal Kaufman quote. Hmm. I like that. Mm -hmm. I love that. You're right. Change your beliefs and you can change your life. And on the flip side, whatever you believe, you're going to prove right, which is the other thing I tell people all the time. If you believe you are never going to be happy, you're going to ruin every chance you have. If you believe you don't mm-hmm. deserve to be happy, you're going to prove that right. When that doesn't even help you. Well, the thing is, I'm going to prove I'll never be happy. You're getting what you want. So you're mm-hmm. actually happy underneath. It's like when people say, oh, God, I really want to lose weight. But, you know, I just couldn't resist the ice cream. I look at them and go, no, you wanted the ice cream more than you wanted to lose weight on it. That's all it is. And there's no right or wrong, but just until you own what you do and think, don't lie. You cannot change it. Mm. Radical honesty. Huge fan. Radical authenticity. You betcha. Both. We love. How do people find you if they're like, yo, Corby, I need her to give me a come to myself? Yeah. That's what I need. Oh, Amanda, they can't avoid me. I really can't. Um, first thing they do is they go to my website, which is CorbyMitlai.com. It totally redone about a month ago. Um, it has articles. It has a little explainer video, all kinds of readings. You can really decide what you want. Um, on Facebook, you find me at Corby Mitlai, Psychic at Fire Through Spirit. That's my business page. Twitter, Medium is where I do my blogging these days. YouTube. Pinterest, Instagram, hell yeah, Patreon. If you want to work close with me, they're all under Corby Midlight. You doing it all? Look, I have a great time doing what I do. I knew in my mid forties that I wanted to work for myself Mm -hmm. and have a business that nobody could find me, and I could work until I was two weeks dead. That's where this is. No, right? So, yep. But that's why I'm going to tell you the things to recommend. If I can, two books. This is actually, we've been talking a lot about what I talk about here. This is Clean Mm -hmm. Out Your Life Closet, Clarity, Adaptability, Simplicity, and Making Friends with Stress. And the one for, if you want to go have a reading and be safe, The Psychic Yellow Brick Road. And um, they're on Kindle and paperback. And (laughs) Clean Out Your Life Closet is actually an audio book, too. Oh, are you the one narrating? Um. Yes, it's, I'm the one who said, to me, anybody can do a fiction book, but if a nonfiction author has a good voice for it, they're the ones that are going to put the passion behind the words because they really, really believe what they wrote. I love it. If you, if people forget everything we talked about, what is the one thing you would want them to remember? 
the most important thing you can do, whether you see a psychic or not, is live the examined life. What does that look like? This is happening to me and I don't like it, but I have to get through it. First question you ask, what's the lesson from it? Mm. For me, the way I work, second is how can I teach with it? And the next thing is next. Don't stay stuck in your story. Yes, you had cancer 14 years ago, but you do not have to introduce yourself with, hi, my name is Mary Jane. I'm a cancer survivor. I was the Betty Crocker homemaker of tomorrow for New Jersey in 1973. But I don't have to introduce myself that way because that's 50 years ago when I have changed. Mm. Get out of your story. When you move forward, story is valuable, but it's not who you are now. And there's so much more ahead. Period. We love. Oh, God, you are a doll. I am so. This is lovely. This is lovely. Will you tell us where to find you one more time so they remember that too? Yes. First place to go, corbymitlide.com. It'll be in the show notes. Yep. Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, YouTube, Medium, all Corby Mitlide. They'll be called to you anyway. So they'll find you. Sounds good to me. I love that response. They can't avoid me. (laughs) I love it. Dude, thank you so much. Thank you. Now, when is this going to be out there and running? Um, is there a timeline that you need? No, I just want to know because when it is, mm-hmm. I put it on my Facebook, oh, not my Facebook, my website, Evergreen page, so you can always find it. Somebody told me now I also have to start a Spotify thing, which I'm going to talk to my person about. Um, and that way, if I can help push your show, yeah. it's going to bring you more people. That's yeah. what I do for the people that are kind yeah, of yeah it'll be this year so that's fine sometime within the next six six five months whatever month we're in and you'll let me know i will let you know yes good man Jim, this was fun so and so you relaxing no you're a delightful host oh, you really are thank you you're welcome okay everyone go have a beautiful life and day you too bye darling <laughs>